ComC.com is your home for buying, selling, and flipping all the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 26 million cards across all sports, genres, and eras. With a ComC.com account, you can purchase cards from different sellers over time, ship them home together later, or immediately reprice them for sale on the ComC marketplace. ComC reached an incredible milestone during this year's national by processing their 100 millionth item. ComC looks forward to offering safe and easy trading card consignment for years to come and continuing to focus on fulfilling their mission to optimize everyone's enjoyment of the hobby. To stay updated with ComC, please follow them on social media at Check Out My Cards on all platforms. To learn more about the exciting changes being made at ComC, please visit blog.comc.com. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. What a week it has been in the hobby. We started last week with the news that eBay was going to be kicking PWCC off of their platform. One of the largest eBay sellers kicking them off because of alleged shill bidding within the organization or with parties associated with the organization. If you've been around for a while, that is nothing new. There's been alleged uh, rumors and some some peripheral evidence of tri- of uh, trimming scandals with PWCC, um, sending in and, and selling trimmed cards. Then there's been a lot of allegations of shill bidding over the years. Nothing has really ever happened from those allegations, but now we have seen some major repercussions from that. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. I personally am not disappointed. I've, I have never bid on a PWCC auction and uh, never planned to based on the, the things that I had seen. So I personally am not disappointed by that news. And then we ended the week with the big news of the Fanatics taking over MLB trading card rights and the repercussions that come from there. I'm not going to get into that too much today. I think I'm going to dedicate next week's episode to sharing my thoughts, um, kind of laying out what we know at this point, and then me just kind of speculating and and putting my thoughts out there on, on what I think might happen over the coming years. And it'll be fun. We'll see how right I am or how wrong I am, if I actually know anything or if I'm uh, completely out in left field as this plays out. But we just wrapped up a show at our in our local show here uh, this last weekend, and that was kind of the talk of the town between a lot of people, and, and everybody kind of wanted to talk about what, what are the repercussions going to be from this whole fanatics fiasco. And so we'll see. And uh, like I said, I'm going to dedicate next week's episode to that. Today we're going to talk about Loop. I, you know, I had Eric Doty up back um, this week for another conversation. We had talked several months ago as they were just getting off the ground and gaining some traction and a lot has gone on with Loop over the last several months. And so I brought Eric back onto the show to talk about how these last several months have gone, what they're doing, some of the new ventures that they've got planned, and uh, some of the expansion that they've seen. And so I'm going to have a conversation with Eric 
Before we get into that conversation, I am going to tell you about Underdog Collectibles, the online shop run by collectors for collectors. They break new product every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday night. And this coming week, they're going to be breaking some new releases like 2021 Panini Elements Football, 2021 Topps Chrome Baseball, and hobby favorite Select Basketball and Gold Standard Football. So check them out at udogcollect.com and tell them Wax Pack Hero sent you. Hi, this is Scott Spizio, and you're listening to the Wax Packs Hero Sports Card Minute. Eric, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. It, time flies. It feels like it's been uh, so long since last time I was here. I know. It was earlier this spring, and we had been chatting about you know all that had been going on from kind of launch to where you were at at that point, and things had been kind of continuing to grow, and as we interact and and see the things that you're posting on on Twitter and social media of, of what else has been happening at Loop. I thought it'd be great to get you back on for an update on how things have been progressing. So thanks for agreeing to come back on and chat. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it seems like every day there's so much happening, <laughs> and then and then I have to make the call of Is it okay if I share this right now? And of course, I want to share everything all the time because I'm you know, super excited about it all. <laughs> well, let's, let's go ahead and hit on some of those. So when we talked last time, it was on the Apple platform only. There had been no additional expansion into any other platforms. That type of thing was in the works. It was mm-hmm. you and maybe one or two other folks that had joined your team. It was a pretty <laughs> small team, and I know that has expanded some. Mm-hmm. And even just recently, I've seen some comments about how uh, records of of break volume customers, those types of things are being set, you know, within the platform. So maybe you can just talk about the growth that you've seen on the the breaking side of of Loop right now. Yeah. So we just as a company, I think we're including myself. It's about eleven people. At the end of the month, it should be fourteen, and then by the end of the year, I mean it's going to be twenty plus. We just did a big Series A round of fundraising. So we're just growing the team as fast as possible. And uh, we're, you know, all of that effort is just going into building the service and for for the sellers. So they've been, we have three sellers who have already reached a million dollars in sales on loop. We have probably three others that are right there. If they haven't crossed it yet, I need to go check, but they're, they're very close. And a bunch of others that are just, you know, they're all accelerating. All the regulars are just, month to month that it seems like they're hitting new records. Um, we're hitting new daily and monthly records regularly now. Um, so it's just been nonstop We're we're, you know, again, we've, I think I've said this before, we're always trying to invest in the sellers that use our service. So we're helping them build their business through tips and tricks and working with them on, on strategy. And then obviously we're doing a ton of marketing on their behalf that they don't have to worry about. We're just like, hey, we'll bring you new buyers, and all you have to do is be a good, uh, a good selling, good break experience, and it, you know it just goes from there. Have you still had a steady flow of new breakers who are kind of submitting and and going through that process to try to get on the platform, or have you reached a point where there's? I, I know you track the stats, right, of of how many mm-hmm. breakers you have, how often those breaks are are out there, how many customers are coming on at different periods of time. 
Are you still mm-hmm. at that point where both the customer demand and the breaker demand is, is accelerating? Yeah. So we can pretty much add new sellers whenever we want now. And we've been doing a couple a week. Uh, we just hired one of our users, uh, Craig Sandlin. Um, he was using the app all the time and we ended up hiring him for the head of business development, but he right now he's mostly partnerships and seller success. And he's been killing it right now where we, we came back from the national and, you know, we have probably like four of, if you think of like, who's who in the breaking world, I mean, these are like three or four of them that we're onboarding over the next couple of weeks. I, I don't think I can say who yet, um, but I'm sure if you, anybody out there who, who's in the know guess, they'd probably be right on at least one of them. So we're, we're just working through adding them. We still have hundreds of people in the pipe who have applied and it's, you know, it's tough for us because I think, and, and I take this on myself is there's a little bit of a misconception that we're eBay or we're another platform where just anybody can come on and sell. And we're very strategic. Like we, you know, these are people that we need to vet, that we need to make sure are positive for the hobby, that they are ready for the scale that the sort of business that loop brings to them. And there's a lot of applicants who unfortunately just aren't there yet. And I think there will be some point where we are like, we'll bring them on and and have a program for them. But right now it's very much, you know, we look for people that have brick and mortar stores and because on, even on top of what they bring the loop, it's a matter of, okay, well, you, you obviously are investing your whole life into sports cards. You're not just somebody who does it on the side on Instagram. Like this is your bread and butter. And we want to make sure that we first and foremost, bring value to those types of sellers because we, you know, the pandemic was not easy for a lot of brick and mortar stores. And as a personal point of pride, like I like being able to offer a loop to them and say, cool, let's really help accelerate your business and grow it beyond what it's been the last year and a half. Um, But we'll, we'll always keep expanding. We're only like 10 months old. So uh, bigger and better uh, is just just gonna come as as we go, and we'll we'll help all those people that apply. One of the other things that I've seen a lot of buzz about over the last several weeks is the new store that you're going to be opening up. Talk a little bit about what that is going to look like, and and what you're hoping to accomplish through that physical location. Yeah, so we were already looking at doing a, a physical office um, just because I, I would like to go somewhere other than my apartment for the first time in a year and a half. And we have, we have a couple employees here in Miami. So I was like, hey, we're going to get an office. And then it was, oh, well, we need, a, we need a studio as well. And we need a place for inventory as we expand our programs in, in product. And then at that point, I was like, why don't we just do a showroom or a store that facilitates our own in-house streaming and like really sets up a place for people to come in and interact with the team and buy cards and maybe sell their collections to us. Cause there isn't really a store in downtown Miami. There's, there's a few outside um, 20 to 30 minutes outside of downtown, but there's none core downtown. So I was like, Hey, well, we'll do this. And it's just been 
unbelievable the amount of people who have been reaching out to us excited that there's really a, a card shop and we're we're going big it's it's not like your traditional card shop that's been around for two or three decades we're going what does a card shop look like if you start one in 2021 so we're we're taking a very experiential approach. So there's a lot of hands-on things to do. There's a lot of places to just like hang out and open cards. And, you know, this is our first time doing this. Uh, we, we just brought somebody in who has 18 years of experience in retail, both at the store and at the op, like corporate operations level. So that's going to be huge for us. And it's going to be a learning experience, but I think literally everyone on the team is excited to the point that we're actually doing a on-site team event where we're bringing everyone to Miami a few days before that. And I offered up the option of, do you want to stay to all of them? Like, do you want to stay a few days longer through the grand opening of the store, which should be September 23rd? That's what we're targeting. And every single one of them said, yes, uh, they, they do not want to miss the grand opening. And we have, we have a ton of announcements as far as what we're doing at the grand opening, as well as follow-up events in the weeks after it. Was that something that you had intended to do from the very beginning of having a, a retail presence? Or was that just something that kind of developed as you started to explore some of those other needs that you were talking about from having a, a physical office space and those types of things? So was that, did you think it might evolve into that? Or was that just kind of, hey, this is, this is something else that I think there might be something to it? I, I thought we were going to be online only and remote. Like we might have a small office and this is at the very beginning, this is like a year ago. Um, and it's our, I think our plans and our strategy and obviously having a series A investment um, gives us a lot more money to play with and experiment. And it just made a lot of sense. I mean, I, I definitely, there was a period of time where I seriously had to sit down with my thoughts and go, is this like my own vanity and ego? <laughs> like, do we need this? And as I walked through the plans and talked with the team, like it, it made a lot of sense. And a lot of the things we want to do over the next year to two years, having a space like this is super vital and it makes a lot of sense. So, but yeah, it, it was a huge shock to me when I finally was able to convince myself like, yes, this is the right choice. I'm like, wow, that's to the fact that we launched October 23rd of 2020 and we're not even, we're opening a shop, not even a year after that. And that wasn't even the original plan is like mind blowing to me. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's, you know, one of those things that, that we had touched on early on when we first talked was that you guys had several things under consideration, several different paths that you are looking at potentially going down or expanding into or, or features or opportunities that you are exploring. And this seems to be one of those. What else have you been, been going down? You had talked about a roadmap that you had had in place with a lot of things that you were looking into. What are some mm -hmm. of the other things that you've got coming or that you've recently uh, put in place that, that you want to make sure we're aware of? Yeah. So we just released, I mean, there's kind of a, some things that we generally look at when we talk about product and, and buyers and sellers is 
education, anticipation, and just regularly having things that feed into that. And we, now that we have so many sellers on all the time and core hours, we actually moved the default experience from the news feed, the blog kind of, um, to when you open the app, you just land right on the live streams and the scheduled streams. And it took us a while to get there, but that was like a huge milestone for us of like, okay, we have enough now that we can drop someone right there. And there's always something to engage with and anticipate like, oh, there's five streams going on the night. I'm glad I know that I can sign up for those. Um, we recently added profiles. So when somebody's streaming, you can actually like click in and read more information about them and then also sign up for all streams moving forward. And that's a feature that's going to continue evolving based on, on feedback. And our next big feature is going to be kind of what we call it pre-sale, but it's a, it's a simplified version of a persistent store. So if you're not live, how do you continue to sell? And you see, that's kind of a behavior we see a lot on Twitter is, oh, I'm doing a break. I, I want to do this group break Saturday, but let's fill all the spots before I even go live. And we're trying to feed into that sort of behavior. So you're not on a live stream going, oh, I have 30 spots. Let's sit here for 30 minutes trying to fill it. You can actually like work against that even before you go live. And there's a lot of other little tweaks and interesting things we want to do with that. Um, but V1 should be out. I think we're targeting like six or seven weeks, but we're we're still we're still working on exactly how we want that to function. Because if, if we're gonna if we're gonna put our loop twist on it, we might as well take the time to to make sure it fits exactly with everything else that we're doing. Because um, I think we, again, we always have this kind of like be cool and be instant. So how do you just make things as easy as possible, um, simplified that when somebody's sitting on any particular stream or any particular screen, that is just dead simple of what's the next thing I should be doing or be excited about. Um, it we, we take that communication very seriously when we build product. You had talked about how educating the community is a, a portion or a, a focus that you've got too, and you've mm -hmm. got that area within the app. What are the plans around expanding the content that you're creating to, to both build community and continue to help educate? Yeah, so we're, we're going to keep creating the blog content, but you're going to see us do more in the video space. Um, we already have the the card life TV show on Bally sports. And that's, that's national that's on Bally sports and some other like local sports networks. Um, and that's, that's been great. Matt Strom's a great host from the Padres. And so that's one form. So, and event once the TV rights for each episode, like we get to use some of those clips in the app. So we're trying to go more video, just re-educating people that the hobby is, a very positive thing. It's still very big. It's even bigger than it was the last few years. And that there's like, what's different about the hobby now than it was two decades ago and, and, and what's different and what's the same. And I think there's, there's that portion. And then we have, uh, we're working with a former Harlem Globetrotter. Her name is Brie Green. So she's doing in-house content for us and we're, we're getting, both from our own team and then other talent we're hiring. Uh, it's a lot of just video of 
you know, what's product coming out? What, what should you be chasing tips and tricks about collecting? And, and it's been, it's been a weird balancing act because there's some, I don't want to say, I can't think of a better phrase than right now, but like legacy collectors. And there's been some pushback on that content. And that, that surprised me because it's very much a, they realize that that content is not for them and they push back on it. Like, why are you doing, everybody knows this. And my reaction is, well, maybe everyone that's a big collector knows that, but there's a lot of people who don't collect and we want to help. Like if loop can be their first experience with the hobby or reintroduction into the hobby from stopping from collecting two years ago or two decades ago, um, you know, we need that sort of content. So we're, we're just going to keep doubling and tripling down on that sort of just, Hey, it's positive. This is what you can expect in the hobby and then start guiding them down anticipation of product. And, you know, that could be as simple as like, Hey, stadium club is coming out next week. Here's some cards in it that look really cool. And for some people that's enough. Like they just need something cool to buy into and, and because otherwise they're like overwhelmed. There's just too much product sometimes. Yeah, I think that could be interesting. I think that's one of the, the things that GTS as a distributor does well is producing some content that their stores can use, their mm-hmm. customers can use to help educate on what is in a product, what's it look like, what might you expect to generate that interest of them picking that up and buying it. And I think that same type of thing, like you had said, would translate well from a breaking perspective too, right? Of helping people understand what this product is all about, why they might want to participate in a break about it. And that might, you know, generate some additional um, interest for, for the breakers. I think that's, that's great. You know, so many different focuses and so many things currently under development development and, and in the, in various stages of being implemented and rolled out, have you found that challenging at all to maintain the focus or sometimes does it, does it create a challenge that you're have people going down so many different paths at the same time that it can be difficult to get the main thing done or feel like you're making progress on any one of them independently? Yeah. I mean, it's when we look at what we invest our time and money into, there is a, there is a guiding light. Um, both kind of, so if I'm saying the big goal is like bring positive movement to the hobby and help continue growing the business of our partners, like just a high level kind of direction. Everything we do needs to go against that. Obviously we want to make money. Obviously we want to keep growing downloads and, and number of transactions and all that. But at the end of the day, it's, are we doing the right thing for our partners and the hobby? And that's like, what better guiding light than that? And and that helps us kind of like push aside the things that don't help with that or or aren't as important. And then it's just purely from a CEO level, just delegation of, cool, we need to do a big event around this product. Who's going to own that? Cool. Like you go lead that, you meet with the right people on the team. If you need video content, social support, etc. Like you go all, you do that meeting and figure out the date and then we'll work together on making that as easy as possible. Like who, you know, do we need to spend money on ads or talent or, you know, that sort of thing. 
Um, the store is like its own beast. <laughs> so um, ultimately we are doing a lot. Sometimes it feels like too much, but I feel very good in the team that we've built in the culture, as well as like how collaborative we are. And, you know, some weeks are super busy, but we always get things done and our, our sellers and buyers, collectors on the app seem happy. So if, if they're happy, we're happy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, we'll keep hiring people as well. Like that's, you know, we can't hire enough engineers right now. Like that's, we want to keep building. We want to accelerate the speed at which we release features in the app. Like that's, that's huge for us right now. So what would you say is something that you've learned over this last year, as you've got the, the company off the ground, you've, you built those initial phases, you're continuing to accelerate your growth. What's something that you've learned over this last year? I mean, there's, there's a few things and some are related to the hobby and some aren't. So one is I'm shocked at how hard it is to hire engineers right now that as a CEO, I mean, if, if you remove the hobby aspect, I, like I run a tech startup and it's unbelievable, like how strange the market is right now. It's, I mean, I've worked in technology for over 12 years and this is the craziest the market's been um, as far as just hiring. And, and, you know, if you're an engineer, you're in a very good market right now. Uh, there's such, there's just high demand. Um, for the hobby, I think it's the kind of the ebb and flow of the hobby doesn't surprise me so much because I am, I think there's a, there's a casual aspect of the hobby. And then there's like the investor in quotation marks, I say, um, there's the investor aspect and with any market, whether it's crypto, NFTs, stocks, any, anything that's an asset that people invest in, there's an ebb and flow there. You're going to have dips. You're going to have, have rises. And that part doesn't surprise me so much. It's the reaction of the hobby, especially on like Twitter. I don't know what it is about Twitter specifically, maybe forums too, that people like there'd be a dip in the market or a dip on a particular player. And it's like, oh, it's the end of the world. This is it. I've been calling for doomsday for weeks. It's finally happening. It's like, no, like that's going to happen. Or, oh, it's the football off season. Of course, all the football cards are going to dip. Wait until September and they're going to start rising again. And it's the uh, the thing that surprises me is the people that that are so vocal but don't understand that. And it's like, no, we as a business we anticipated that, and we like we account for those things. And maybe you know we invest very heavily in the sports and the players that are doing well, but we like we already plan for the product releases and the other sports as they start. But that was the biggest surprise to me is just perception of the. Um, ebb and flow of the market and how a lot of people just are still kind of learning that. And maybe that's something else we need to help educate is, is just be less reactionary and kind of like, you know, <laughs> just ride it out and enjoy the hobby for what it is. I think that finding talent is one of those challenges that caught some people off guard. You know, I think a lot of people expected with the pandemic and the situation that we're in, and the openness and willingness to hire remotely across a lot of industries that hadn't done as much of that in the past that, oh, mm -hmm. now that we're willing to do this, we don't have to find people only in our city. 
we'll be able to find all kinds of great people, <laughs> except they didn't quite think about the fact that that's what everybody was going to be doing. And that talent was going to be even more in demand. So that's interesting to, to hear you say that, because because I think that's something that has has surprised a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I've come across that same thing from a hobby perspective too. the the number of people who are in the hobby that love to collect the way that they like to collect. It surprises me how hard it is for some of those folks to open their mind to the fact that other people might want to collect differently or think mm-hmm. about the hobby in a different way. And, and yeah, that's, that's been a surprise to me too. You know, as you think about, you know, this isn't your first rodeo, right? You've been, as we talked about before, you've been involved in, in the tech industry for, for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I'm also wondering how you've grown as a leader in this last year. The trust aspect, and, and this, this is just shows the caliber of people we have on our team, the, the trust to just say, Hey, I want you to own this. Let's do a, let's do a kickoff meeting. And then you, you check in when you feel like you need to otherwise get this thing done. Like you, you, you know what the goals are and what we're looking for once it's shipped or once it's completed. And this is the first team in a very long time where like I, I, I sleep, I sleep well, <laughs> like, like I have no trust issues. I like, we all have really sharp people on the team. We have a lot of people that are very passionate about cards and also super passionate about just making sure that our partners do well on the platform. And that's just an incredible feeling when we're all like aligned like that, because when we first started, like this, I've been at like a GM or a leader of a team, but this is the first time as CEO where a lot of my time is spent doing things I've never had to do before from a, like building partnerships and investments and all that. And where you're like, okay, I literally can't check Slack email or talk with any of you for a whole day. Like, hope you guys are doing well. And they always are like, (laughs) and, and so that for me has been really freeing and almost like allows me born brain power to do like fun stuff, like not management stuff, like just like, Hey, we're, what do we want to do in six months? What do we want to do in 12 months? Like big, big companies, big, scary strategy stuff. And, uh, that's been what I've learned personally and just been surprised by and, and now I'm not surprised by it. Like we just continue to hire really great people. That's great. You know, a few weeks ago, you and I got a chance to meet face to face for the first time after only interacting <laughs> online at the national. And I'm sure I'm not the only person that you got to meet for the first time face to face. I thought we could spend a few minutes just talking about what your national experience was like. Yeah. So first, uh, beside two of two of our team members, I've known for years before we before I even started this company, but everyone else, this was the first time I was meeting them. Like actual loop team members. Oh, we're at the national. Nice to see you in person after having countless calls over Zoom and Google Meets. So that was that in itself was amazing and. If anything, like it strengthened the bond of the team because we got to hang out together for like six days. Um, the the national was also interesting in the fact that we went in with like no anticipation of getting new users. 
Like we didn't go in going, hey, we're going to get a bunch of new downloads. It was, hey, we want to know what this is like. We want to talk to people we've only talked to online. We want to build partnerships and try to sign new sellers that elevate what Loop is. And, you know, we always want to shock people. Like we, like, I think maybe not now so much, definitely earlier is like, I think a lot of people underestimated us. Like, oh, you're just another company coming through. You're not serious about this. You're, you're another grifter or like, how do I tr- you know, how do I trust this company to buy cards from them? And now I think we've gotten through a lot of that. And now we have a lot of internal hobby advocates for us, but just getting face to face with people like, um, you know, bl- we talk to blowout a lot, like they're great, uh, Kentucky Roadshow, um, you know, Jaspies, like being able to just like see them and talk to them, <laughs> like, Hey, we're real people. And like, tone of voice that doesn't come through an email, like, Hey, we're just like, how can we help you? That sort of thing. How do we help the hobby? And so to me, that was the biggest takeaway from the national was just like being present and showing that we're a serious company that respects the hobby. And we're not like, we're here to stay, I guess. (laughs) We're not like a fly by night company that's here to make a bunch of money and like run like, no, we're reinvesting all of that right back into the hobby. Yeah, I think when you have that presence at the the national and people get a chance to have that conversation face to face and learn more about what it is that you're you're doing, I think that goes a long way to help providing some of that extra legitimacy for any new company, right? And so I I think that was that was cool. How did that experience at the national compare to some of the other industry type events that you've been in? Not just the sports card industry, but other other big conventions and national um, industry sh- shows that you've been a part of? Yeah. So I've, I've been the, when I worked at Xbox, I did all kinds of shows. I worked at the E3 keynote, which is like the biggest event of Microsoft, usually of every year where they just kind of reveal everything in one, like one to two hour stream. And then there's like a trade show aspect and the national is was very interesting to me because it's all it is ultimately transactional so in in video games it's you go there to learn something new to play games maybe you buy some things but it's it's really you're doing it because you're passionate about video games and you're learning about the thing you're going to buy in 6 to 12 months in cards it's you're there to buy and sell and trade like that is the core reason that show exists. I mean, people love talking about cards, but it's it's tra- the transactions. And that was very different. And also just because we were in the breaker pavilion, um, even that in itself was very different um, from what I, use, what I was used to. Um, if I'm going to be a little critical of the hobby, I, I don't think this is any way um, confrontational, I guess. Um, but it, what's very different is with those other shows. I mean, video games are multi-billion dollar industry and, and, you know, PlayStation, Microsoft, those are all really big companies that participate. And when you go into those shows, like you can have a plan, like we want a booth, we want to do things, but also if you want to get crazy and just say like, here's a big bucket of money. I want whoever runs the show to help me plan something out or like their salespeople are like, okay, well, you know, everything's bought up, but here's some new things we're testing and and opportunities that we'll give you the first chance to buy into to test. 
And it's funny working with the national and all these trade shows is they just, they don't, I think they're just not used to that yet. I mean, there's so much new money, not just us. There's a lot of new money coming into um, this hobby, which I think is for the better. Like it's, it, this is going to bring a lot of interesting new products and growth to the hobby in general. But when you do that in the hobby for these types of trade shows, it's like they're shocked because no one's ever said that to them before. There was like, okay, we sell booths, we sell some signage and that's it. And I'm like, I wanna do so much more. So I think what we learned um, as we work with more trade shows is we're definitely gonna like, we're gonna go in with a plan and pitch and whether it's with, with the trade show owner or our own stuff, like we wanna experiment. Like we wanna do all kinds of cool stuff that you might've never seen before just because we, you know, we have people on our team that worked at Tops and worked in video games and worked for professional sports. And we just bring all this knowledge from these different markets into one market that kind of touches all of them in different ways. So watch out national, if that's one of my <laughs> Beckett industry summit, the national and a few others, like we, we want to do, we want to go big, like, let's do, let's do cool stuff. And um, to kind of answer your question in the short way is just with the national coming in as a first time, we didn't know what to expect, but I think we, we want to keep pushing the boundaries. Like we are a modern technology company. I think there's cool stuff we can do. That's yeah, that's cool. Uh, one of the other things that people always talk about the national being great for is building and deepening relationships. You know, mm -hmm. is there, was there, a, did you find that as well from your experience? hundred percent. Hundred percent. I mean, that was. I mean, I, I anticipated it to some degree, and it even like blew away my expectations of just once you get face to face with someone who you've been talking to, even just a little bit over social media, and it's like it just totally changes the dynamic. And I, I mean, truth be told, that's probably experience for a lot of things outside of the hub. Like people have been inside for a year on and off, so just being able to be social. And I got to admit, like, hopefully everyone was happy meeting me because <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a fairly like pretty like tunnel vision worker, like kind of an introvert, just like get my work done. And to like, take a step back and be chill and meet people. There were times where like, I just talked for two hours straight. I need to go take a nap. <laughs> like, it was like, you know, emotionally exhausting, just going into an, an experience like that, like, from nothing was, was such a change. Um, but yeah, we walked out of there with a ton of great relationships that I think will, will feed into a lot of really cool things we're doing down the line. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. I, I find myself or I found myself in that same situation. I, I kind of had to work into the day, a time where I would go back to the hotel room and just chill for a couple <laughs> hours because going nonstop, I found early on going nonstop from eight in the morning till eight or nine or 10 at night wasn't going to work if I didn't have some kind of break in there in between. Mm -hmm. Sounds like there's been a lot of good things that have happened. A lot of good things still to come. Anything else that we haven't covered yet today that you want to make sure people keep an eye out for when it comes to loop and where things might be headed in the next few weeks and months? Sure. So uh, actually tonight, um, starting with the Marlins playing the Cubs, so we're actually going to be behind home plate, bottom of the second inning. 
Um, and we, I think we had like 10 home games for the Marlins playing a couple different, couple different clubs. And we're, I think before we started recording, I, I said, I wouldn't say uh, I'll tease it. Um, we have a really big opportunity coming out with the MLB later this month. So stay tuned for that. Um, I don't think you'll be able to miss it. Like we're, it, we're really excited about it. Um, so that should be coming in, in a couple of weeks and just shout out to, to John boy. I don't know if any of your listeners know their videos. They do a lot of like baseball breakdowns on YouTube and social media. So they, uh, we've just been doing really cool things with them. They did a, uh, a, a really fun event at the all-star game in Colorado, uh, that we worked with them on. And, uh, we've had some videos with, uh, Peter Moylan and, uh, Trevor Plouffe. So they, they've done some breaks for us. Um, so there, there's definitely more coming out of that. Um, we're, we're just trying to work with everyone. Like if you, if you genuinely love cards and you, you have an audience, like we're, we're trying to work with everyone. And, and I think that, I think the MLB promotion will definitely shock a lot of people. Hopefully at some point we'll stop surprising people. They're going to be like, okay, loop is just like that type of company. And <laughs> like, it'll be fewer surprises. Um, but right now I, I feel like every time we do something big, people are like, Oh my God, I can't believe Loop is doing this. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I can't wait to see what this promotion might entail. So I'll, I'll be keeping an eye out for that. Hope, hopefully everybody else does too. Yeah, appreciate again the time and, and thanks for coming back on today and, and chat, giving us kind of a, an update on where things are at and how things have been going. Uh, sounds like things continue to, to roll on for Loop and I hope that that continues on into the future as well. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, I'll happy to come on again in five to six months and probably have three times as many things to talk about, hopefully. There you go. Well, thanks again. All right. Thank you. The Sports Card Shop is your small town local card shop with a global reach located in New Buffalo, Michigan. The shop is one of the most accessible in the Midwest. In addition to being an authorized Panini Direct Dealer, the Sports Card Shop carries all major trading card brands, including Tops, Upper Deck, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, and more. With all that new wax, a half million singles, and showcases full of graded cards, you're sure to find something great for your collection, whether you're just starting out or a seasoned collector. The Sports Card Shop is your one-stop shop. So call us, come see us, or visit us on the web and social media. Our phone number is 269-469-0140. Website is thesportscardshop at moco.com. The Sports Card Shop is part of the MoCo Retail Group, connecting sports, the hobby, and people around the world. There were so many great nuggets from Eric that were a part of that conversation that I hope you picked up on, whether you are in the business side of the hobby or whether you are on the collecting side of the hobby. The importance of relationships, the importance of focusing on success by helping your customers and your partners be successful is huge. It's not just about you. The ability to adapt, to consider different and new things that you hadn't thought of before and being willing to go down and explore that path, that is another huge 
aspect or takeaway that I had from this conversation. Um, the national and, and it, the experiences there of building relationships, deepening relationships, but also exposing even the folks organizing the national to new concepts, new ways to engage and partner with vendors and companies. That is that is going to be interesting to see how that continues to develop and evolve over time, too. I can't wait to see what Eric does and how he continues to grow the, the, the company loop and the different paths that they go down with the shop and the, the online break app. Um, I'm hoping at some point they are able to expand into a desktop application as well. And uh, look forward to seeing what they've got going on. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you took away. If there's something in that conversation that you hadn't thought of before that that you're going to be able to apply into your collecting or your hobby business. I'd love to hear that. You can reach out to me at waxpackhero at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at TheMikeSummer, and you can find me on Instagram and TikTok and a few other places at Hero. Well, that's all I've got for you today, so I'll catch you next time.